Father, we praise you and thank you for the opportunity to be in the house of God with the people of God. Thank you, Lord. We don't take it lightly. All the obstacles that the enemy put in the way yesterday and this morning already, Lord, we know that your word is going forth according to your will. Now, this vessel surrenders completely to you. My words be your words. My thoughts be your thoughts. Nothing come forth out of this vessel that's not ordained and anointed by you, Lord. Lord, forgive me of any sins that this vessel may have committed, Lord. And I thank you for the blood because it covers all and it forgives all. All is forgiven and all is forgotten according to your will and according to his sacrifice on the cross. Father, bless those that are still coming. Give them safe journey. An enemy of mine, I give you notice. You are not allowed in this house. You must leave in the name of Jesus. You cannot return. The word of God will go forth. Everything will go according to your will in this service and in the next. And that the hearts would be open and the minds will take in, Father, the words that you have given for us today. And that we'll feast on those and that they'll grow and take root and prosper in our lives. That we are going to be the army of God we are called to be in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week we talked about uh, living a life of press. And we looked at Philippians 3. And if you want to go ahead and move over to that, we're going to study a little more in that today. Uh, last week we learned that I press. You have a part you do. You press. Um, we learn that pressing is not only for the dark times in our lives. Uh, it's for every day. Every day we have to press toward the mark of the call of the high calling of God through Jesus Christ. And that was uh, uh, verse uh, 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Today I want to read above it, and if you want to put a title to this service today, you could put Dress to Press, Dress to Press, and I want to teach you uh, the biblical foundations that Paul wrote to the Philippians. It's, there's a formula in here, like everywhere else in the Bible, there's something that you can get from it. If you use it, it will produce good things. Um, so we're going to look at uh, the one through probably uh, chapter, verse 1 through, I think, I don't know, it ends probably at 13. Uh, the rest of the chapter has great encouragement as well, but let me read, let me just go through to um, talk about it. So we know that we press, it's an everyday lifestyle for us. We have our good times, and we have our bad times, or should I say our trying times. We even experience dark times in our lives when we have suffered, when we have lost, when we don't see the way out. Those are dark times in your life, and God is using those times to shape you, to form you, to make you into what he knows that you need to be for the kingdom of God, for your own salvation. So don't look at yourself when you're in the pressing times and think that there's something wrong with you. That's a trick of the enemy. He likes to tell you, 
oh, there's something wrong. You know, God doesn't love you. Why sister so-and-so doesn't have this problem? Brother so-and-so don't have this problem. Oh, baby, we all got problems. <laughs> we all got them. <laughs> Read the Bible. It talks about one after another, and it's just part of life. That's just the way life is. We live in a world that is reigned by the enemy, uh, but yet yeah, we have victory over him. We've just got to learn to walk in that victory. And I want to show you how to dress to press today. Not in press, but to press. <laughs> so we read in verse 1, it says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Always have a praise on your, on your lip. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Paul is reiterating something he's already already talked to him about. So, hey, look, it's good to hear word fresh all the time. Uh, you know, sometimes you feel like you're just hearing the same stuff over and over. Well, maybe uh, it's you need to listen. <laughs> need to listen with the right ears. Uh, the second verse, it says, Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of concession. Concession. For we are the circumcised which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So I want to just break that, those scriptures down to you, and I hope I have time to get to everything. But he's talking about cutting some ties. Do you understand that you are hindered by your surroundings? The people that you put, allow in your life, and, and, and I say that with all honesty, you allow them in your life. You have to be careful of that. Not everyone, since I started this journey about three or four years ago, is allowed to be in my life. I mean, people I loved, I had to put them over here. I had to learn to experience their presence only at times that I would allow it because there are times in my life that I'm vulnerable spiritually in my flesh and and just one thought one bad thought can spin off into something so dark that I don't even want to talk about it but you know what I'm saying the first thing he talked about was dogs and if you looked it up in the Hebrew it meant scavenging spiritual predators who feed off others i call them spiritual vampires i talked to pastor about it in my early days of my life here some people are not all out for your intention they are predators they are there just to get what they need from you to drain you just enough that you can't perform and do what god has called you to do and all in the name of trying to save them and that's not the only way he does it this is a person of impure mind and they have no respect for others they are self-centered and only out for themselves the enemy uses them even if they don't know it but he says you've got to beware of them you've got to know who they are and and learn to deal with them properly first corinthians 15 and 33 and the we, we quote the scripture, but the Passion Translation says, Evil company, companies will corrupt good morals and character. Evil company will corrupt good morals and character. And it's true. 
dogs. The second thing he warned us about was um, evil workers. These are the workers of iniquity. You'll, you'll call, you hear them that in the Bible. A good example of that is Judges 16, Samson and Delilah. He loved her. She didn't love him, though. She got money to try to figure out where he got his strength from so that he could be a target for them, a victim to them. Those who do evil, liars, slanderers, gossipers, fornicators, partiers, cussers, I don't know where you want to go with that, but anything that's contrary to God is an evil worker. They're a worker of iniquity. And you'll even find them in the church, all in the name of Jesus. They're doing whatever. Be careful. Let the Spirit guide and lead you and show you those things. The last thing that he said was, uh, beware of the concession. Consention. He's talking about it in this scripture. He's talking to people who are being impressed upon by the Gentile or by the Jewish people to have uh, circumcision, physical circumcision. And they're telling them that they have to be circumcised physically to be part of uh, the community, part of this religious uh, you know, movement, but we all know that that was fulfilled through Christ. The circumcision that he's looking for is in the heart. It's not so much a physical experience now like it was in the Old Testament. Remember, he says, I came and fulfilled the law. I come to fulfill it. And uh, so they were uh, promoting this mutation uh, of their physical bodies to be included in this group, but Paul uh, was writing to the Philippians to, to kind of encourage them to realize that uh, the circumcision that we're dealing with is of the heart, not of the physical body to that extent, like the Old Testament. But they were false teachers. We have them all. You can turn the TV on, turn YouTube off. You can hear the false teachers if you know the Word of God. That's why it's so important to be here each time the doors are open and to have a study life of your own. And if you have questions, ask God. Ask people that you know teach the truth because I'm just telling you, mama and daddy, sometimes auntie, auntie, boo, bae, whatever you want to call them, they don't always have the right answers. you got to get to somebody that you know knows the word. Asking God will always, he will answer you. He will answer you. Sometimes he sends somebody to help answer you. But I'm telling you, if you ask, be prepared for what he's going to say. Because <laughs> sometimes that's a jagged pill to swallow. Next thing we see is they worship God in spirit. Now, these are the things that we should be doing in our lives every day. Dressing ourselves for the, the life that we're living, this life of pressing toward the mark. So worship God in spirit. It's not just an outward experience. Yes, you will see us worship and sing with our lips. But I'm telling you, you can pick out the ones that don't come from deep within. That are not worshiping in their spirit. They're worshiping, they're worshiping just externally. Uh, worship all the time. In the good, in the bad, in the dark, in the light. 
times of your life, worship should always be in your spirit. And you have God's Holy Spirit, so it's not a hard press to do it if you will choose to press through it. Um, spiritual worship shows that we are circumc the circumcision of the heart. You know how hard it is to worship in your darkest hours? It is almost impossible. Well, what does the Bible say? What's impossible, man, is possible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Sometimes you just have to start, take that step, say those words, turn that good music on to put your body and take, you know, take your feelings out of the situation and start worshiping God. Worship God in spirit. Um, 2 Corinthians 3 and 17 says, where the spirit of God is, there is freedom. The enemy doesn't want you to realize you have freedom. Even when you don't feel like it. <laughs> Even when you may not see freedom. You are free. You're free from the law. You're free from the religious uh, law that they talked about. But you are free to worship God and, and to act and be what you're called to be because he has freed you from who you were and what was controlling you before. Paul goes on and talks about, he says, have no confidence in the flesh. Have no confidence in the flesh. Do you know how many times that you've had confidence in your flesh and it went totally the wrong way? I can, I can sit and think of two right now. I could probably count them on my hands and fingers if I really thought about it. But have no confidence in the flesh, but not in just your flesh, but worry you have no confidence in other flesh. <laughs> A flesh will lie to you because it's controlled by feelings and emotions, and those are, are, are molded by experiences uh, that we've had or good and bad. So don't, don't go to the flesh. If your flesh rears up and wants to do something, you step back and say, okay, let's, is this biblical? <laughs> you know, is this in line with the word of God? And that's why it's important for you to know that. And let's go on to verse 4. It says, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. And then Paul goes on to tell you about why he was so great. According to the law, he was circumcised on the eighth day. He was born of the stock of Israel. He was of the tribe of the Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, and touching the law. He was a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, he was persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is the law. He was blameless according to the law. He's talking about the law of Moses. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. There's a lot of times we put things above God that we think are gain. Spirit, not, and sometimes spiritually, but definitely in the natural. We're always pursuing this and pursuing that, but have we made time for God in our lives every day? And knowing, he says, uh, he says but what things were gained to me, though, those I counted loss for Christ, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Knowing God, knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, 
and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Knowing Christ, you've got to have relationship. You've got to have relationship with him. You've got to know him. You know his ways. You know his desires. You may not always see them in the future, but you know what he believes in and how he's going to handle things if you study your word, if you have relationship with God. I experienced something I had never experienced in all my marriage. I've been married over 35 years, and my husband has been away for extended time, and I missed him which is a far stretch for me. I don't miss nobody. <laughs> that was the old me. I needed no one. I do it myself. That was a mindset that was cultivated through some experiences in my childhood. I need no man. <laughs> I don't need no man. I don't need him to a certain extent as far as to do things for me, but I begin to realize this past week I missed his presence in my life I wonder if God feels the same way about us I wonder if he misses your presence when you put everything before him and you don't learn him and don't try to know him don't spend time with him and don't talk to him and, and read about him and have praise and worship with him I missed his presence I didn't need him to do anything for me I mean, there are things that I'd prefer he do. I could do, but I would prefer he would do. <laughs> but I missed his presence in my life. My son would call me. He says, I think dad misses you. <laughs> I was like, we've been married a long time, son. <laughs> and when the Bible says the two becomes one, it's true. If you allow it. I said, I miss him too. It's not that I need him in my life, but I want him in my life. I miss his presence. He don't have to do anything, but just be there for me. He's my support. He's there if I need him. If I need something, he's coming running. If he can, he's going to be there. Now, the daughter, the redheaded daughter, she might get it first, but he'll get to me eventually. Y'all tell him I said that. <laughs> but anyways, he loves that girl. But knowing Christ Jesus and being found in him, that was one of the things he said, being found in him. He said, through faith, I have righteousness of Jesus. You realize your righteousness is not at your own. I've done seen what my good ideas got me. I've done seen what my so-called righteousness gets me, and it gets me usually in trouble. His power of resurrection, it says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Well, let me tell you, there's a lot of days in my life, especially as I've gotten older, I need some power of resurrection, not only in the physical body, but spiritually. And the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Fellowship in his suffering, that's a death to the will. Death to yourself. Being conformed to him in, in the death of myself. You know, Jesus said, if you want to follow me, what do you got to do? What was the first thing he said? 
put away yourself. Deny self. Follow me. Take your cross up and follow me. Fashion yourself according to him. To be conformed to him. Colossians 3 and 10 says, Put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created you. Or created him. Depending on which version you look at. Colossians 3 and 10. Put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge. Romans says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Knowing Christ. And I'm telling you what, coming here on Sunday is great. And I learn so much and I get filled so much and praise and worship because we're all in here together doing the same thing. And it's just so powerful. But come Tuesday morning, that's gone. I got to keep renewing myself in the knowledge of him. I got to know him. I got to spend time in his presence. Isn't that wonderful? Just being in his presence. There's some days that I go in and I just sit and I praise him. I don't even pray. I just sit and I praise him. And I cry. But I'm in his presence. And it's so powerful in those quiet moments. Just sitting at his feet. Sometimes it's so needed. Worship in spirit and in truth, the Bible says. Next thing, let's skip down to verse 12. It says, not as though I have already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend or get it, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Do you know he came after you first? He loved you first. He loved you first. And so when you see what love he has for you, it should make you just want him more and more and more. But if you let the enemy bog you down with the mindset of negativity and only concentrating on all the bad, he gets lost. His presence gets lost in all the daily shuffle. All the dark times, all the hard times. Let's go on. And I love that Paul understood that, hey, I'm not perfect. I haven't reached it yet. But I'm pressing for it. It's a daily journey in my life. I keep trying to lay hold of what Christ did for me because he come after me first. He died for me first. He set the tone for me to be with him forever. I love my husband, but I had a hard time submitting to a man given my past experiences. But I love him so much, and I see that his love for me makes me desire him even more to please him, to show him that I love him, even in the hard times. Even when he makes a mistake, I'm like, it's all good. It's fixable. We'll just work it out. We'll just keep going. But together, we're a team. You can't be divided. Same thing in the church. Romans 12, 3 through 5 says that 
not how not to think highly of yourselves that you should think of others because we are and i'm paraphrasing we are all the body of christ working together we have different gifts different talents just because you don't do it the way I don't do it means that it's wrong. We've got to get in there together and with the guiding and the leading of the Holy Spirit to figure out what works for this body of Christ. Don't think that you're so high and mighty and perfect. Titles don't mean nothing. I've seen God take those down in a heartbeat. Literally, a heartbeat. Gone. Gone. Brother, and I count not myself to have apprehended it, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before. Another trap of the devil. That's usually the helmet of salvation. He wants you to remember who you were and what's behind you. He doesn't want you to turn around and look at what's ahead, all the good things that could be. All the good things that God has in store. He wants you to put your attention on what happened or what didn't happen. But Paul says that I forget the old things. I forget who I used to be because you know what? I'm a new creation through Christ Jesus. Behold, all things are new. I have a new me that I'm dealing with. And it's powered, empowered by the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. By the blood of the lamb, I've been forgiven. The slate is gone. It's been wiped clean. And this back here has no power over me unless I allow it to do so. I forget what's behind me and I reach forward to what's before me. Are you dressed for the press? I heard, I heard the spirit, the helmet of salvation, my thoughts. I heard the breastplate of righteousness, his righteousness, not my own. I heard the belt of truth, knowing Jesus, knowing the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. I heard the, the shoes of peace that are endowed by the good news, cutting off those that have things for me, un no, unpleasant things for me. I got to learn to walk in peace. I got to let that go. I heard having faith in God, in Jesus, in what he did for me, my shield. And I heard the word of God, which is my sword. Have you dressed yourself for the press? You have the capability. It's scripture. It's the truth. Put it on every day. Because you live a life of pressing. And that's normal. It's normal. And I want to press through to the prize. That mark. I want to hit that mark for the prize of the high calling of God. In Christ Jesus. Dress for the press. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor. And we thank you for your encouraging words. Letting us know who we are in you, Father. Just how powerful we are. Lord, we thank you for your power and your anointing in our lives for us to go forth and do what you have called us to do, Lord. We don't take it lightly. And we thank you, Lord, that you equipped us to do this every day. Every day. 
Your mercies are new. Father, open our eyes and our ears to hear and understand this word and bring it back to our remembrance of the times that we need it, Father, according to the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the, the truth, because in the truth there is freedom. In Jesus' name.